Well, good evening and uh, welcome to our Bible study for this evening. And we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 49 from verse 29 through to chapter 50, verse 14. So if you have your Bibles ready, uh, we'll just read that together. So it's Genesis 49, verse 29. Then he gave them these instructions. I'm about to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave in the field of Ephron, the Hittite, the cave in the field of Machpelah, near Mamre, in Canaan, which Abraham bought as a burial place from Ephron, the Hittite, along with the field. And there Abraham and his wife Sarah were buried, where Isaac and his wife Rebekah were buried. And there I buried Leah. The field and the cave in it were bought from the Hittites. When Jacob had finished giving instructions to his sons, he drew his feet up into the bed, breathed his last, and was gathered to his people. Joseph threw himself upon his father and wept over him and kissed him. Then Joseph directed the physicians in his service to embalm his father Israel. So the physicians embalmed him, taking a full forty days, for that was the time required for embalming. And the Egyptians mourned for him seventy days. When the days of mourning had passed, Joseph said to Pharaoh's court, If I have found favour in your eyes, speak to Pharaoh for me. Tell him, My father made me swear an oath, and said I am about to die. Bury me in the tomb I dug for myself in the land of Canaan. Now let me go and bury my father. Then I will return. Pharaoh said, Go up and bury your father, as he made you swear to do. So Joseph went up and buried his father. All Pharaoh's officials accompanied him, the dignitaries of the courts, and all the dignitaries of Egypt, besides all the members of Joseph's household and his brothers and those belonging to his father's household. Only their children and their flocks and their herds were left in Goshen. Chariots and horsemen also went up with him. It was a very large company. When they reached the threshing floor of Atad, near the Jordan, they lamented loudly and bitterly. And there Joseph observed a seven-day period of mourning for his father. When the Canaanites who lived there saw the mourning at the threshing floor of Atad, They said, The Egyptians are holding a solemn ceremony of mourning. That is why that place near the Jordan is called Abel Mizram. So Jacob's sons did as he had commanded them. They carried him to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave of the field at Machpelah, near Mamre, which Abraham had bought as a burial place from Ephron the Hittite, along the field. After bury, along with the field, and after burying his father, Joseph returned to Egypt together with his brothers and all the others who had gone with him to bury his father. Let's just pray before we look at this passage. Our Father, we thank you again for your word and we look to you for understanding as we share this time together. You are here in our presence. And we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will speak to us through these words that we have read in your presence. And we ask it 
in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I think uh, the only heading uh, we could put over this evening is the death of Jacob. And it is an interesting passage, so we're going to look at it together. First of all, let's remind ourselves of those first few verses. Then he gave them these instructions, I am about to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave of the field of Ephron the Hittite, the cave in the field of Machpala near Mamre in Canaan, which Abraham bought along with the field as a burial place from Ephron the Hittite. There Abraham and his wife Sarah were buried, there Isaac and his wife Rebekah were buried, and there I buried Leah. The field and the cave in it were bought from the Hittites. When Jacob had finished giving instructions to his sons, he drew his feet up into the bed, breathed his last, and was gathered to his people. So here we have Jacob. Um, it sounds like he was maybe sitting uh, on the bed or at the side of the bed when his family gathered around him. And then when he finished what he was saying here, he got back straight into the bed. And it sounds as though that's when he died. And Jacob was 147 years old when he died. In Genesis chapter 23, at the death of Sarah, his wife, Abraham bought the land and he bought it for a burial site. And then he buried Sarah. And Sarah had actually lived for 120 years. When you come to Genesis 25, Abraham, who lived to be 175 years, was buried here, as was Isaac. And we can read about the death of Isaac in Genesis chapter 35. In Genesis 47, verse 27 through to 31, Jacob makes his son Joseph promise that he will bury him in the grave of his father and grandfather, which is in Canaan. Joseph here is being given the, the duty of the eldest son, that is to arrange for the burial of his father when the time came. And now in the passage we've read here this evening, Jacob is on his deathbed. He's now in the presence of the rest of his family and as they all gather round, he holds Joseph to the promise that he had previously made. Now, why is this request so important? Well, just before we have a look at that, let's go into the New Testament, to Hebrews chapter 11, that great chapter of faith. And we read about Jacob, and it's a very short piece that we read. It's verse 21, and this is Hebrews eleven twenty-one. By faith... Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. This short mention of Jacob here in Hebrews centres on his faith. The faith that he had in the promise that God had made. Now, this takes us back to the verses that we started our uh, journey in Genesis from, and that was way back in the 15th of April. Wow, doesn't time fly? And this is when we began this study. And way back then in Genesis chapter 28, God speaks to Jacob and he makes them this promise. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth 
and you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. So, it's because of Jacob's faith in this promise that he requested that he not be buried in Egypt, but that he be buried in the land that God had promised to him and that God had promised to his descendants. So, this is more than just being buried in the family grave. This is a statement of Jacob's faith in his God. And this is going to be a witness to Pharaoh and a witness to the nation of Egypt and a vision of hope for the nation of Israel as they grow into the truth of God's promise, as they here in Egypt begin to move from just being a family to becoming, to becoming a nation. And for us as part of the rest of the world. Because we are spoken of here. Part of that promise. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. That was the promise given to Jacob. And the words of Jesus to the centurion when he came to Jesus asking that his servant be healed. And we read about that in Matthew chapter 8, verse 10 and 11. We read these words. When Jesus heard this, now this was the request of this centurion, who was not a, a Jewish person, but he came and requested that Jesus heal his servant. And Jesus said this. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you, that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. You see how this promise comes right down through the ages? The words that have come true. Let's just repeat them again. And you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and the south and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. So let's go back to our, our passage. and We're now into chapter 50. Um, we read this in the first three verses of chapter 50. Joseph threw himself on his father and wept over him and kissed him. Then Joseph directed the physicians in his service to embalm his father Israel. So, the physicians embalmed him, taking a full 40 days, for that was the time required for embalming. And the, Egypt, the Egyptians mourned for him 70 days. Joseph, who has now lived with his father for 17 years, he loved his father. He obviously missed his father while he was 
alone in Egypt and separated from his father and his family. But for the last 17 years, they have been together. And this is a time to grieve. But it's also a time for funeral arrangements to be made. And in his position of authority, Joseph is able to have his father's body embalmed. Now, I'm sure that you, like me, have been down to Liverpool Museum and seen the mummified bodies that they have there that came from the tombs of Egypt. Now, a bit of history here, because we are told here in God's Word that it takes a full 40 days for the physicians to carry out this process of embalming. It appears that on this occasion it was done under the instruction of Joseph, So there would be no pagan religious ceremonies attached to this. It would be just the experts in this process of embalming who were employed by Joseph. And this would be done in respect of his father and with a view to transporting his body back to Canaan safely. However, the Egyptians did mourn for Jacob. And this tells us something of the respect they had for Jacob. They mourned for a full 70 days, as was their custom, recognising the importance that they attached to this man. Then in verse 4 to 6, When the days of mourning had passed, Joseph said to Pharaoh's court, If I have found favour in your eyes, speak to Pharaoh for me. Tell him, My father made me swear an oath and said, I am about to die. Bury me in the tomb I dug for myself in the land of Canaan. Now let me go up and bury my father. Then I will return. Pharaoh said, Go up and bury your father as he made you swear to do. So this is Pharaoh. He's being faithful to the the promise that Job Joseph has made to his father. But notice here uh, what actually happens. You see, we are very familiar with the phrase red tape. And even Joseph, a man of power and position, still had to go through the legal channels of the Egyptians. His family were a guest in their land, and in a way he was too. And because they lived there, they had to obey the law. This reminds us of the time when Jesus was challenged on this, when he was offered a coin, and he said, you know, if you look at the coin, and uh, or when he was asked, first of all, uh, should they pay taxes to Caesar? And then he took the coin. And he gave it back to them and asked them to look at it and see whose face was on it. And on that occasion, he said, render unto Caesar that which is his. In this case, it is render unto Pharaoh that which is his. And then the second part, and to do render unto God that which is God's. And what we see here in this passage, we see this happening Joseph did not go straight to Pharaoh with his request. He didn't pull rank. He followed the correct procedure. He showed a respect for authority. And this authority is coming from him, one who has authority. 
but he humbled himself. And this is a lesson for us as Christians, as we seek to be faithful witnesses to the gospel. Yes, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. Live by the law of the land. This is what Joseph was doing. But also, give God that which is God's. And throughout all of this, we see this is what Joseph does. I say this because when we look at the next verses, we will see that this is a witness to Pharaoh and to the whole of Egypt. The death and the funeral of a believer can be a powerful witness of the gospel. Verse 7 to 9. So Joseph went up to bury his father. All Pharaoh's officials accompanied him. The dignitaries of his court and all the dignitaries of Egypt, beside all the members of Joseph's household and his brothers and those belonging to his father's household, only their children and their flocks and herds were left in Goshen. Chariots and horsemen also went up with him. It was a very large company. This is the equivalent to what we would call in our day a state funeral. The famine was over in Egypt. The country was back on its feet. Joseph still held his position of authority and it appears that Jacob was respected and his family had become part of the national economy. And so they certainly gave Jacob what we would call a good send-off. But it was more than this. This was a demonstration of God's providence for his people. He was preparing a godly nation that would, in spite of the failings of men, would be a blessing to all nations. It was a great witness to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh was seeing something of the God of Jacob in action. And it was a witness to all of Egypt. And this would actually be a forerunner to a great journey from Egypt to Canaan that would not just be for Jacob's 12 children, but would be for Jacob's 12 tribes the seeds of the nation of Israel. On this occasion in Genesis 50, they left their children and herds and flocks in Goshen, a guarantee that they would return as promised, again being faithful to their word, again a demonstration of the God of Jacob. Verse 10 and 11. When they reached the threshing floor of Atad near Jordan, they lamented loudly and bitterly, and there Joseph observed a seven-day period of mourning for his father. When the Canaanites who lived there saw the mourning at the threshing floor of Atad, they said, The Egyptians are holding a solemn ceremony of mourning. That is why that place near the Jordan is called Abel Mizram. That word, Adam Mizram, it means the meadow of Egypt, or the mourning of 
Egypt. Now it seems that when this great entourage arrived, they stopped prior to going into Canaan. And they had a period of seven days as they mourned for Jacob. And it seems that after that time, the Egyptians stayed there and waited the return of the those who passed over and, and went on to bury Jacob. That will be jo- Joseph and his family. But they stayed at this place called Abel Mizram. This was a great witness to the Canaanites. They saw this great crowd who had come down from Egypt. They watched them stop at the threshing floor of Atad. The Canaanites saw and heard this, and the news would have travelled across the land. It must have been to them an event which would raise many questions. Who are these people who've come down from Egypt? Why are they with Canaanites? Why have they come here? What are they doing? Egyptians and the Canaanites, they are mourning together. Why? You know, when there's a state funeral in our day, no matter what country it is in, it will always draw attention. Attention that will raise an interest and ask questions about the beliefs of the people and the country in which this has taken place. An interest in the customs of the country. And an interest about the life of the person whose funeral it is. Jacob's funeral left a lasting impression on the Egyptians. Jacob's funeral caused the Canaanites to rename a place. As you've already seen, the place means meadow of Egypt or in some interpretations, mourning of Egypt. That's not the mourning of the day, that is sorrow a mourning place of Egypt. It's leaving an impression on us, even now, as we read these words and as we gather round them together. So, the funeral of a Christian can be in our day a great witness to the gospel. Who are these people? What is their tradition? Why are they doing it in this way? Who is the person who is being buried? A great opportunity to witness, just as Jacob's funeral was a witness in his day. We come to the last few verses for us this evening. It's verse 12 through to 14. So Jacob's sons did as he had commanded them. They carried him to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave in the field of Machpelah, near Mamre, which Abraham had bought along with the field as a burial place from Ephron the Hittite. After burying his father, Joseph returned to Egypt together with his brothers and all the others who had gone with him to bury his father. This occasion would be also remembered some 400 years later when Moses would lead the people out of Egypt, this time into the Promised Land. 
And as we've looked at the death and the funeral of Jacob, that was the start of his journey into the actual promised land, the land that he had been promised. The place where the builder and maker is God. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for this passage and we acknowledge before you that we are probably quite familiar with it. We just pray that this evening, as we've looked at it again, that you will have brought fresh truths out from it that we can take to heart. As we can see the importance of the events that were happening here, and they mirror the importance that happened in our lives, reminding us that in our lives we are a witness and an ambassador for you. And in our deaths, that witness will continue. Our Father, just bless us this evening as we ask these things in your precious and worthy name. Amen.